young black. Young black. A young black. Black. Black equestrian. 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 Black equestrian. Equestrian. Black equestrian. I'm a young black equestrian. I am a young black equestrian. <laughs>
So I said, okay, I'm just gonna do the, all the flat stuff and just compete in dressage. Um, so I've been riding, I've been doing dressage probably about 15 or 16 years now, maybe a little longer um, because of all the bad jumping. <laughs> and I had given up on that. I just kept doing the flat work over and over and just skipped the jumping. Mm -hmm. um, so that's my main discipline of focus. Nice, nice, nice. So how did you, how did you first get into horses? Um, I, I've grown up riding. Um, there was a, a facility down the road from my parents' house that had, um, where you could go and take lessons, riding lessons. And so I've been riding my whole life pretty much and my parents really don't like horses but they they put me in lessons and they're like oh god we're stuck with this now that we've put her in these lessons and she's addicted so now we have to keep <laughs> keep taking her over to the to the facility to ride so i've been riding ever since <laughs> oh it definitely does not end <laughs> once you become addicted to it yeah <laughs> right yeah yeah a lot of people think it's a phase like ah okay well okay you'll get like five lessons and then stop talking about it. right nope <laughs> open yeah. yeah so what are some of the challenges you faced kind of in this industry and in your career path um i i honestly had a really hard time with two two things coming up. One of which was my weight. I'm, a, I'm fairly tall and stayed pretty heavy throughout my entire life. And that was problematic for riding, especially when I was um, younger, riding in riding schools before I had my own horses. Um, I had one facility that I worked, that, that I trained with, and they would weigh us periodically in front of each other to make sure that we could were of, of the size to ride. And I, I was right on that line. And that was really difficult for me um, coming up as a young rider. Um, yeah. So that, that was one thing. So weight, weight has always been problematic for me. And I, I focus on trying to stay fit to ride and compete and, and stay athletic for my horses, but it is a, a real struggle even today. Um, the other thing that I had, <laughs> I had issues with was being a young person. I'm on the younger side of licensed officials for USCF. And I have always had a problem in my own maturity and making sure that I carried myself well and presented myself well for the sport. And so age has been a, a real issue and making sure that I, I was a nice person and a caring person and did what was best for my sport. Um, so, so that was something I had to learn. And I think I'm kind of growing into it a little bit, but that, that was a, a real struggle for me also. Interesting. Interesting. So you said that you're on the younger age for USCF officials. What does that mean? What does that title entail? Um, so I am a, a technical delegate. Um, so at the competitions, I am the go-to person for interpreting the rules and representing the, the organization and what, what their standards are at a competition. Um, most of the people that are licensed officials are in an older age bracket um, but I, it was something I wanted to pursue for several years now and so I, I went ahead for it and and got licensed this past year and I'm, I'm 33 years old and so it is it's not as common to be an official when 
you're in your 30s. There are there are some, but for dressage, there aren't many. Mm -hmm. Wow. What do you know the point in which you decided you wanted to be a delegate? Um, so I actually wanted to be a show manager first. Um, and when I was looking over all the things you have to do to become a show manager and all the things you need to know, it fell in line with what was necessary for the technical delegate. So I said, well, if I, if I follow this, this sheet of everything I have to do, I'll be well prepared to put on my own shows. Mm -hmm. um, I grew up, um, like I said, in the um, DC metro area, and I grew up watching the International Horse Show. Um, and I just we went every year as a family and I it was just the most magical experience for me so I wanted to put on shows for like the longest time since I was a kid and mm -hmm. so I said I'm gonna put on these shows I'm gonna do it and everybody just kind of laughed at me and they're like you have no idea what you're doing it's this whole big ordeal and I said yeah you're you're probably right but we're gonna do it anyway <laughs> yeah so so uh, yes yeah, so I I went through the motions to become a show manager at the same time became a, a technical delegate mm -hmm. that is that is amazing um i don't know of anyone who has grown up like like everybody wants to be a performer no not many people want to put not many people want to host the performance <laughs> right yeah, yeah. And you, well but they're you know they can't have a performance without the stage to put it on you know exactly <laughs> so that, exactly. that is amazing to me it's like you know ordering the ribbons and picking out the the streamers and making sure the colors look good and ordering the trophies and bringing in the judges that's the magic for me and getting <laughs> pulling it all off is what really is a feat that you don't you don't think about because yeah. so much goes into it that people just don't even realize <laughs> yeah yeah and do you so, have a do you have a committee for this kind of thing or are you kind of the sole operator so um for, for the licensed officials you have there's a committee that you go before to become licensed for the show management part there is no committee you just kind of take it on yourself and so whatever knowledge base you have going into it is what you are going to have on show day so um i spent a lot of time learning from different show managers and traveling to different shows i've gone everywhere from texas to uh, florida i went, did some shows in wellington this past year and worked there um, i went to lexington and learned from people i traveled all over just to make sure that i kind of knew what was going on. I still don't even really know everything that's going on. And it's going to be my first show because of the COVID situation is going to be in July. It was supposed to be in March of this year, but two of my shows got canceled, mm. which in itself, what do you do when your shows get canceled the week out? <laughs> so it, it's a learning experience that is truly an undertaking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Uh, Caitlin and I have had, um, small small smidgen of experience with that being for h leaders because yeah. uh, uh -huh. put on the uh 4-h uh open show last yeah. year we helped with that but we were also getting kids ready for it because we wanted to participate in it so it was just kind of uh -huh. you know it was, it was cool it was because it was a state kind of thing we 
we didn't have access to all of it, but it was just like the right. little, not the little things, but like nothing about contracts or anything like that, but more so what ribbons and what what's the flyer look like and you know stuff like that like the marketing portion of it and getting kids in well it. you all have an idea then of all the things that go into it and I think um as a show manager and as a woman of color I really focus on presenting myself in a way that shows that I'm here for the long haul and at least I hope so anyway I really want to to prove that I am capable of doing it because there aren't very many that I know of personally, there aren't very many people of color that are in the background parts of putting on shows, except for the, the Johnsons, um, you know, uh, Mrs. Johnson ran the international for a little while. Um, and that was so inspirational to me. So I'm like, Oh man, she, she can put on this show if, or she can be in the, the inner workings of the background of it. I want to be that lady. Like she's oh, the cool cool. one, not the one who's, who's showing, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that that's the cool part <laughs> so but, but it, it is a ton of work and you have to be prepared for anything it, it's like directing a movie so I bet <laughs> that's a good analogy <laughs> so tell us about yeah. the horses um the horses that you ride and kind of where you are in your riding career um I am an amateur rider not super talented amateur rider. I have one horse now that I show. I just recently broke my back on another horse that I had. Um, and so I haven't been riding as much as I'd like to. I'm just kind of slowly easing back in. My horse that I have right now, her name is High Life. Um, she was bred by a friend of mine in Tennessee. And she is a trichaner mare that is pretty feisty on show days. <laughs> so our, our show record isn't great. Um, I competed her this past year at the USDF Regional Championships for Region 3. Um, and we did not do great, but we are sticking it out. Um, we hopefully will go to the regionals this year if we qualify um, for Region 3 again. Um, and that will be in Ocala, Florida this year. And of course, that the, the production of it really interested me more than competing because I <laughs> this past year I worked part of the show and then rode also, which if you ever try to do that, it's a lot of work. <laughs> I bet. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My my poor husband got dragged along and he was like, We're not we're not doing this again. You're either gonna <laughs> ride or you're gonna work. The right. Show. You need to choose. <laughs> so, <them. laughs> Yeah, yeah. But my mare, um, she's been my rock for several years. She's been the steady Eddie that I've needed. And this year she'll be 13 years old, I believe. Oh. Have you had her since she was a baby? Uh, no, one of my girlfriends had her before I got her. Um, so I got her when she was about eight, but I was around in and out for her, her life. Like, yeah. life. Yeah. But, yeah, but I got her... I finally got her when I, I just had a mental breakdown and wanted to ride something safe and got tired of getting bucked off of other horses. And I just, I can't do this anymore. I need something that's going to take care of me and love me back. <laughs> so I got her and I've been riding her ever since. And I foxed her for a while. And then we went back to the dressage ring um, after about two years of fox hunting. Wow, where were you at getting bucked off of other people's horses? <laughs> oh gosh, I used to be really young and 
athletic and I would say, oh yeah, I'm just gonna ride, I'll ride whatever horse. And then they just kept bucking me off. <laughs> yeah. that, the, the one that I got bucked, bucked off most recently was mine. And then the one that bucked me off before uh, was mine, another young horse. So I think I just have a, a bad picker. It's like people who have bad pickers for their boyfriends, I have bad pickers for horses. <laughs> Yeah, you know, sometimes it takes a fall before you learn. It takes a few falls. Right? You learn. I'm like, oh, he looks pretty and calm. And then it's like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> that is yeah. too funny. So, how would you say that writing has affected your life? Oh, gosh. I mean, I don't know where I would be if I didn't ride. I mean, every week, every day it has some sort of horse element to it, whether we are training for shows or just, just in this week alone, I've had riding lessons twice a week. And then when we're not riding, we're doing things for the shows to get ready. Um, we had ribbons that we had to go pick up and we had um, officials to mail letters to. I mean, writing is literally every aspect of everything I do. Um, I I would say that I'd be really boring if I didn't write. Yeah. So. Yeah. What would we have to talk about? Right. <laughs> I, I know. I like. I I wouldn't know what to do. Like all of my friends are writers that I've met throughout my life. I, one of my very good friends I met when I was scribing for somebody else at another competition and and then my other girlfriend who's one of the people that you all interviewed. I mean I met her at a competition. I was like oh my goodness there's another black person at this competition. She needs to be my friend. And so right. she's been my friend literally ever since. <laughs> yeah so Pam has Pam's been my friend. Uh, Pam Millen. She's you all interviewed her um, yeah. just a little while ago. Yeah, uh, we met at a competition, and I I was like, oh, would you look at that? <laughs> you have to be my friend. And yeah. I literally walked up to her. I was like, do you want to be my friend? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I mean, I I really wouldn't know what to do if I if I didn't ride. I I would have no friends, and we my husband and I would sit around and just not do anything. <laughs> do you have a career outside of horses i i do i would like to make the horse shows my full-time job um but that's probably going to be a ways off i work i'm a pharmacy technician so i work five days a week as a mm -hmm. pharmacy technician four to mm -hmm. five days a week um and you know so when i'm not working at the pharmacy i'm traveling shows mm -hmm. so if I'm I'm traveling to shows, I'm either you know officiating or working or scribing or something. Um, so, yeah, I mean I do have a job. I just don't like it. <laughs> girl, girl, me too. <laughs> tell you a secret. Me also. <laughs> I know. I've been trying to retire for like the last ten years. <laughs> oh. oh my goodness. <laughs> Oh, man that is... so I mean I, I guess we we kind of have already answered this question a little bit but maybe just to kind of recap what is your what is your vision for the future of Andrea <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> I, I would really, really like to get to the point where I can put on international competitions. Mm-hmm. Um, I have had this, this vision for several years and it's kind of gotten um, a lot of backlash in the community for me wanting to do this, but I want to do it even though it's, it's tricky and the economy right now makes it tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that I've always wanted to do and I am going to keep going till I do it. I, I just, it's not something I can easily give up on. Um, but that, that is the overarching dream. I don't think I'll ever be a trainer because I, I, like I said, I get bumped off of everything. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, so I, I don't really are. have <laughs> Right? Yeah. It is not in, in professional riding. I like my one little, I like to, to ride my one little horse and then go back to the barn. Um, <laughs> but I, I would like to, I'd like to get my, my bronze and um, bronze, silver and gold medals, you know, before in my lifetime. But um, that might be more difficult than I like, but the the shows are really my my main focus. Mm-hmm. So, and and being a, an international steward would also be really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's I guess just important to note, like you saw, you said her last name was Johnson. Um, uh huh. Yeah, she in this. I guess, environment today. We are talking a lot about uh, representation in the horse industry and how that is a way to get more people of color involved in the industry. So, uh-huh. you know, I think that's a perfect example. Like you, you, you had something you already wanted to do and seeing someone like you in that position, like, you know, like, okay, like I can do it. Like it's gonna, it's gonna be hard. It's not saying it's not going to be hard, but you know that it's an attainable goal. So, you know, backlash or not, like why, why would you stop? Because you know that there, it, you are capable of doing something like that. So I think that's a a good kind of real life example of what we've been in conversations about over the past three weeks. Um, how representation right. is really key. Yeah, right. And, and we, I have been getting ready for this um, this interview, and I was thinking to myself, I was like, what What was it like when I was a kid? And I saw Paige Johnson, and I saw her mom, and so I always had representation to look up to. Mm-hmm. And I was saying that it was it's really tough for me because I always had somebody. I wasn't like I had to dream up what it would be like to have somebody to look up to. Mm-hmm. So that that part of it was really different for me be, because I had them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's been such a long time ago. It's probably in the late '90s, early you know 2000s. But it it really did sh- kind of shape shape my upbringing because I had had them to look up to. Mm-hmm. They don't know me personally, but I would like to send a thank you to them. <laughs> but yeah. it was really special for me to look up to them. So. Yeah, yeah, I completely understand that. So what advice would you give a an aspiring equestrian, aspiring show manager um, <laughs> from your experience? I would say um, to always be a sponge first. Um, 
and even if even if the ideas that you are getting are are not what you envision to just take it take every part in the good the bad and the ugly um because all of those things are essential to your development um i i had a personal experience where it just wasn't my day it wasn't my show i was not on point as to what i was supposed to be doing and i got a lot of criticism but that criticism has really shaped me into being a better person as far as my sport goes and as far as putting on competition goes because it was a tough lesson to learn but it was so essential to making me better so just always be a sponge always just soak up every little bit because <laughs> it's gonna come in handy later <laughs> yeah 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 that's that is how you learn anything you know if you don't experience it yourself you listen from the experiences of other people mm -hmm. right that's right yeah okay. and don't be afraid to be different I think one of you all commented about doing a freestyle to some some particular music maybe <laughs> on one of, yeah I mean go ahead like don't be afraid to be different we're all already different you're gonna show up on day one being different so just go ahead <laughs> we'll, see you. we'll see what had happened was I don't yeah. ride I don't ride dressage <laughs> I just want somebody else to do it <laughs> I mean, I can practice. I mean, we can get there. If I got to do it myself, then fine. But I'm like, can somebody who is already up there in the ranks, they already know how to push the buttons. Because I have a gated horse. So even if I do this, I'm, I'm going to be like an, an outlier double because it's gated. Uh, yeah. And they could be like, who right. is this girl? <laughs> Triple. I'm a black female on a gated horse riding to some ratchet music. And they're going to be like, <laughs> you know what? This horse can make it really difficult. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is just the exhibition. I don't, don't judge me. I just needed to do this I, I mean, myself. I, I would let you do that exhibition at one of my shows <laughs> and I would watch it with a video camera, but I would love it. You would be, you do great. <laughs> let me find somebody who wants to teach me how to do dressage. <laughs> I had to do it myself. Yes, I tell, um, I, I talked to Felicia Chandler and I'm like, girl, <laughs> Like you have all the time. She's like, I just need the right horse. And I'm like, what? <laughs> right. Yeah. All of your, all of your horses are amazing. Like, what do you mean? Right. You got you have to get one that's got the rhythm to, to do it. They're in the right speed. Oh. I, I listened to the music. And I was like, okay, okay. All right. Maybe if I, if I go kind of quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe we can alter, alter the song. Yeah. I'm like, I will. Yeah mix master it okay it'll be <laughs> to however we need however i'm going i'm going right. i was down for it <laughs> we should do we should we should do a challenge <laughs> like me and caitlin we gotta do it we're gonna have to do something like uh 
and then record our experience like riding in a discipline we've never done like Caitlin, oh, yeah. you can you can do like your mounted archery and like that whole experience and then maybe i'll just do dressage <laughs> Not just do, because it's really hard. I feel like it's really hard. <laughs> yeah, I tried to do my freestyle, my uh, my next freestyle to some music that's not not quite not quite that music, but I am trying to use Megan Trainer's "All About That Bass." So, I do so like maybe that. we can get a little bit of a little bit for, of the, for the rhythm. It's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 go some go go from like megan trainer to like Nicki minaj like, uh, <laughs> her song about the day and it's like the people be like oh my gosh oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that might i might get a little bit of a like look at people looking at me like yeah, don't do that. I mean, they're already that. looking like that. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh my goodness. All right, I got my I got my goals because it doesn't look like I'm gonna be getting into endurance uh, right now because of like Corona and they apparently aren't very well. I'm just don't look like I'm gonna get into that right now but i think you know we could we could try to do some gated dressage that would be awesome <laughs> <laughs> caitlin do you have any more questions for her um i'm so happy for us to talk to you um i can't wait to share this part of the horse industry with some of the children that we interact with just to show them that there are other careers within the horse industry other than just having a horse and riding a horse mm -hmm. so i'm just i'm excited to share your story <laughs> yeah yeah awesome <laughs> and i mean well that i'm sure you've seen over the last few couple of weeks like everybody's like oh how do we get diversity how do we get that and and my kind of angle of it is like you know I feel like people are only focusing on getting diversity in the athletes, mm -hmm. like uh -huh. not, not anybody else. Like we only want right. black people to show. And it's like, right. There's other things to do, <laughs> you know, like there's, right. there's other well, positions. Go ahead. Well, and, and just in the, in the athlete part, uh, I mean, compared to what was happening in the 90s and the in the early 2000s, I mean, I went to a show this past year, and there were literally, like, four of us at one show. Now, I know that that's not a ton, but I was like, oh, my goodness, there are, there are literally, there are, like, four different Black competitors, and I was so taken aback, and I said, wow, you know, things, things really are changing, and, and I know it doesn't happen as much on on the smaller show um scale but at some of the big international shows where people are coming from california or people are coming from you know the north and and all coming to this one show mm -hmm. it's really more diverse than what it used to be mm -hmm. um obviously there's room for improvement but i was like wow this is this is really different than there are black owners, horse owners, there's black riders. I mean, there, there are a lot of people that, that 
I wasn't expecting to be there. So mm -hmm. it was really shocking and it was really in a fantastic way, um, a surprise to me. Um, because I was expecting to be the only person there, honestly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's, you know, I feel like that's a lot of our experience, like, oh, here we go. And then <laughs> people, people I, I feel like sometimes people are like in awe when we're so excited. Mm -hmm. it's like, you have no I idea. <laughs> I did not expect to see somebody like, um, who was it? Was it, um, Raven that we talked to who said that she went to the cutting horse show and saw another black competitor mm -hmm. and they tried to like walk past her and she was like uh no <laughs> you will acknowledge me we, are, we will acknowledge each other like mm -hmm. we are people okay like it's okay <laughs> it's okay to acknowledge me you are not piss off your friends but we're the only two here <laughs> Yeah, I, I had a similar experience. I went down to uh, Wellington for a show and I, I got to meet Shayna Simon and and I was like, oh, hi. And I felt I felt so cheesy because I was like, hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I totally understand, understand that because you're just so excited to see somebody else who's out there going and doing and, and looks like you and it's comforting in a way but it also is inspiring and you're just like all right it's okay yeah. <laughs> like all of so, them get awards. I totally get that. <laughs> right <laughs> words for showing up <laughs> that <guy. laughs> that that's right <laughs> funny. Um, i'm trying to think do you have any other gems you would like to share kind of about your experience um well, wait, rewind. I do have another question. Where are you hosting your shows? Are they at a, um, your private property? No, no, oh. no. Uh, that would, um, I, so I rent the facilities for my shows. I wish I had my own facility, but I, I don't. Um, I have um, two shows for 2021 that will be in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. um, they'll be in Cleveland, Tennessee um, at a facility that, that I rent there, Tri-State. Um, exhibition center mm -hmm. and then I have um, another show that's going to be in Mississippi where we live and it's at a state-run facility at the Mississippi Horse Park mm -hmm. then I'm uh, secretarying one show that is going to be in Pensacola Florida uh, at, at another facility there and then I have um, another show that I'm putting on in Gulfport Mississippi so it, it they all kind of vary in location um, but not all of them are my shows but four out of those are. The fifth one was not. So they're they're all over. It's just whatever facility I can kind of get to put it on and have a crowd that will come and, and support the show. Right. How do you how do you secure a place like that? Because I, I'm sure they don't just let random people walk off the street and say, hey, I want to rent this out for my daughter's birthday party. Um you can as long as you pay. <laughs> um, but, I mean, uh, so you have to usually put down a deposit for it um, and book it fairly far in advance um, like like I said a lot of those shows were for 2021 so I have them reserved the facilities reserved for the next year mm -hmm. um, that also goes along with booking your judges you send out contracts for your judges um, typically a year six months to a year in advance um, mm -hmm. to secure those dates with the judges yeah. um, so once you have all of that kind of locked down 
then you can go into advertising and getting sponsorships and things like that for your competition. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Sounds like you have to be yeah. pretty organized. Yes, but I am a, I have to admit, I am a tornado of organization. It is a controlled chaos sort of situation. <laughs> um, but yes, you do at least have to like maintain a calendar. And a lot of people who know me make fun of my calendars because they are paper and they're the foldy kind that's only like this big. And I, I like to write in them in pencil and put keep them in my pocket like a crazy person. But that's how I stay organized. I don't like the phone. The phones are, are not good for me because mm. my phones tend to die. <laughs> yeah. I need my calendar. <laughs> so, but yes, like all of that goes into um, getting your, getting your venues. It's really, it's honestly, it's just like planning a wedding. You, you pick your venue, you secure your dates with a deposit, and you can go into catering and all that other stuff. And depending on the level of the show, sometimes you have to have things catered and have food vendors and all kinds of other fun things. Yeah. Yeah. What, what on average would you say is the cost of a show like that? And, and I mean, I don't think at this point, it's for major return, you know, but yeah, what's the um, comparison? Um, so in, in my sport, typically, if you're running a weekend show that only has one judge and, and it's only one show for the weekend, it's going to be between five and $10,000 um, for the show. If you're running a a two-show weekend, like um, uh, I have a two-show weekend coming up, where each day of the of the weekend is a different show, that makes your cost a lot more expensive. So it typically will run between ten to twenty thousand dollars, depending on depending on what all of your your extra costs are. Mm-hmm. So it, it can add up really quickly. And the extra cost would be like having two different sets of marketing like uh, materials, you know, two sets of ribbons, you know, different like that. Um, so, so for like my two, two weekend, two show weekends, I have two sets of officials I have to bring in. So I'll have a judge for either one day or, or, you know, and then I have to fly them in. I have to put them up for the night. Sometimes you have to rent cars for them, depending on where they're coming from. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you, you don't, and you have to feed all of these people you have volunteers that you have to feed, you have um, uh, EMTs that you have to hire for the weekend, um, and sometimes that that can prove to be difficult if you haven't planned ahead of time or if it's an area that you're not familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, the, the awards, depending on how elaborate you make your awards, they can be quite costly too. That That's a big part of my budget is the awards. Now, that's the fun part is kind of picking out, you know, the ribbons and all that stuff, but it, the more fancy they are, the bigger the bill gets. <laughs> so you have to accommodate accommodate for those things. So, um, so really, it can it can snowball exponentially. And not only that, but so um, you have to have myself get there and to have everything prepared and office supplies and all of the things you wouldn't even think of. Like today, I I used an entire ream of paper printing out everybody's entries for my next show, and I was like, oh my gosh, I've gone through this whole ream of paper in one day, and then, then I have to drive back to town, and we live out in the country, so I mean, it can be just, it can just be things upon things, and it, it ex- exponentially grows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow. 
How do you how do you handle doing a show where it's somewhere you don't live? Like you, um, you so go up there them, and scout. So they've all all of the ones that I have done have all been at facilities I've been to before. Mm -hmm. um, I would not probably take on a a show when I don't know the facility, partly because you're required for USEF to have certain things at each at each competition. Mm -hmm. um, and not only that, but you want to know how things are going to run. So for example, what happens when it rains at your facility? Is everybody going to be flooded into this, <laughs> into your, into your competition and not be able to get out? Um, when, when it does rain, you know, does my ring instantly become underwater or does it drain really well? Um, it, it's, it's things like that that you want to know ahead of time so you can plan for those things. Um, and also what time of year is your show? Do we have to worry about snow? Do we have to worry about crazy heat? Um, so like I, my show that's coming up next is going to be a hot one, but both my in, my warm up and my competition rings are covered. Okay. So it's things like that. You, you really want to plan ahead and schedule where am I going to do this show and what time of the year and what mm -hmm. things do I need uh, before I get started. Um, and, and that just goes into um, making it a really nice happy show. <laughs> um, but I would definitely do it at a facility I've been to before. That that makes it tough. And I haven't scouted, but I would be willing to scout. <laughs> yeah, so. me too. I just want to go look. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean that, that's part of the fun because you go and you're like, oh, I could put this here and I can put these mm -hmm. things there and people can do their lap of honor through here. And But but it has to be a facility that can accommodate what you're trying to, to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. Um, oh, you said something and I was going to ask something about it. Ooh. Oh God. I lost it. Um, Caitlin, do you have any other questions? <laughs> um, oh, how do you wear your hair when you have to wear helmets? Oh, oh. So I I was laughing at this because I've listened to some of your other podcasts and I have, my hair is, uh, is natural and it's kind of long, but it's not super long. And everybody was saying, oh, they have all these tricks to get their hair into their helmets. And I'm like, I just wet that stuff down. And when my hair is wet, I just put the helmet down on it so that it's all compressed into the helmet and let it dry with my helmet on. So that way it's not... <laughs> <laughs> oh my I just I just really like wet it and strap it down and shove the helmet on and sometimes if I if I'm wearing a, a bun because my hair is outside the back of my helmet mm -hmm. if I if I do that when it's wet I can get the bun cover on and pin it with like 27 million pins and so then when it afro poofs at the at the end of the day it's contained into the pins like a fortress <laughs> well you have this whole system already right right like you started off like this was going to be so simple and it ended up not it's, i know i was i thought you were going to say i just put the helmet on yeah <laughs> no i i just i wet it that morning and and it, my helmet stays on that's the other trick is i i leave it on until i have to take it off 
<laughs> I might look crazy walking around, but with this helmet on, but I'm like, no, if I release this hair, it's going to be like out to here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Story of my life. Oh my goodness. Story of my life. Yeah. yeah I, when yeah. I did my, uh, my helmet fitting thing, like my friend was trying to be so helpful and she was like, okay, well, you're normally supposed to wear a net. And I was like, yeah. Okay. And yeah. she like, put a net on this like it looked like this yes and I was like oh, yeah I so what exactly is this supposed to do for me because <laughs> it just looks like oh, this but with a net right <laughs> like, oh, no, but the net is really important it, the net is important because you have to have it so it'll like smooth it down once the helmet is on so you put the net on so then like in the corners it looks real smooth you know and then you <laughs> And you just stick your helmet on. <laughs> well, I think I think the key is water in this situation. Water. Like you can't do this on dry hair. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Well, for me anyway, because my, my hair is natural and it doesn't care. I just I soak it down. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I've had to use like a garden hose outside my horse's stall and like oh wet it down. Oh <laughs> And then, you know, then you slick it back, put a hairband on there, and put the put the net and the helmet, and then just you have videos of this. <laughs> yeah, I need I need a tutorial. <laughs> has, has your husband called this in action? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I can like, make a where tutorial. Is, where is thing. Andrea? She she got to go wet her hair. Hold on. <laughs> yes, that hair. is literally what happens. It's, it's she like washed her helmet. Outfit and, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and I'm sure he's so helpful. He's just standing there with a towel. Like, here's a towel. Yeah. <laughs> well, so it's always hot where we show, so I don't even worry about it dripping. Mm-hmm. I just let it True. go. Put the coat on. Mm-hmm. Just nobody's gonna see it. The coat's flat. Put the coat on and get on the horse with the with the water just running down your neck. It's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, make it work. Who's y'all? That's right. Ooh, the yeah. stuff we go through. Yeah. Goodness. Right. Yeah. You gotta do all of that in shows. Like oh. Right. Right. <laughs> At one point I did have a helm I did have a separate helmet for when my hair was braided versus when my hair was down. That was um, be my and it was a question. bigger helmet. Yeah. When my hair was braided, I had a second helmet that was bigger. And it just the same same concept though was just wrap it up, slap it on there, and don't take it off once you pinned it into the contraption. Mm-hmm. Don't take it off. <laughs> like I have a two day show, I'm gonna just leave it on. <laughs> right, <laughs> leave right. it in the hill. Get it, leave it on tonight. Dinner that night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because once once you've got it set, it's it's set and you just need to put a wig on over it when you go out that night and then put the helmet back on <laughs> the image in my head of a wig on top of a helmet <laughs> right no i think she a wig on top of it pinned in oh <laughs> yeah, with a pin. oh my gosh yeah no just take the helmet off when you get back to the hotel room <laughs> my horse show wig is in the uh, bag. <laughs> yes. 
For real though, for real. And make sure you take it to the hotel room so it doesn't get all puffy before, you know. Oh my god. Add <laughs> the water in. Oh my god. My so funny that is so funny so we basically just need you to produce a checklist <laughs> okay i can do that i can i can put it on my website with my shows mm -hmm. to my ladies please if you need help with your hair yes text me <laughs> A whole checklist, a whole checklist. That was, that was what I was going to ask. Do you have like a checklist that you go through for each show, like to make sure you have everything? Um, so there is a book that you can get from the USCF website that has like, it's for show managers and it has like a little list. Mm -hmm. I use that because it, it was pretty much written by the people who trained me to, to do shows. So I just follow that. Um, I don't really have a list. I, I have a giant stack of stuff that lives in my house. That you, it's just outside of you that just stays, stays put together. And then when we get ready to go to show, you're, we're just going to pick it up and take it all. Um, so that it all just makes it to the show. It just lives together. Mm -hmm. um, eventually we're going to buy one of those tra travel trailers. That's going to hold the show rings and the, all the ribbons and all that stuff. So it'll just live put together um but for now it's just in a stack in my office just stacked up <laughs> so. hey hey as long, you got a system as long as it works right well right one day when i have international competitions i i probably the stack's gonna be so big it'll take up this whole room probably so i that won't work <laughs> yeah yeah you'll definitely need that traveling uh trailer for sure right yeah <laughs> Well, that is too funny. That is too funny. Well, is there anything else you want to share with our audience today? I really, really did enjoy our time today. <laughs> oh, no, just if you see me at a show, please just come say hi. Uh, I've, yeah. I've run into some of our other, other people of color at the shows who I've recognized and they won't come say hi to me. And I'm just like... <laughs> come say hi i love to meet new people and i'm very approachable so mm -hmm. so if you see me at a at a show at probably a dressage show because i don't do much with any other discipline mm -hmm. but if you see me out come say hey because i'm friendly <laughs> oh yes go say hey go say hey can i be your friend <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly you want to be my friend sure <laughs> oh that's too funny oh well thank you so much i'm so glad that we could be your first zoom of the pandemic <laughs> so thank you for having me it's really special thank you Hey everybody, I am sure you have heard us talk about this already, but we just wanted to share again. OG Festival is happening September 11th through the 13th. It is a virtual trail ride experience. We are going to have music, fun, fellowship, prizes, and everything. So please go to blackequestriannetwork.org slash OG Festival to learn more, learn how you can be a vendor or a sponsor, and learn how you can attend this first of its kind event. <laughs>